Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. God bless you. This is Pastor Omar, along with Praise Tabernacle Church, our uh, Bible study panel, our Tuesday night Bible study panel. We greet you in the name of Jesus. Go ahead on and let a friend, let a neighbor know if you can. Just let them know that we're on for our Tuesday night Bible study. Thank you so much for tuning in, for those that will be uh, coming in a little later. Uh, we got a great word on tonight. Our tonight study uh, is our family night in which we try to uh, deal with, <coughs> excuse me, family issues, uh, be it husbands and wives and uh, be it the children or vice versa and all the way around. We do uh, believe that... Uh, Marriage is between one man and one woman, and uh, we don't accept anything else. We don't accept two men. We don't accept two women. We don't accept one man and two women. We don't accept one woman and two men, none of that extra stuff. We believe that marriage is between one man and one woman, and we thank God uh, that he's established that in his word. So tonight we want to, um, as we do every every chance that I get, we, we try to deal with the family, um, in particular to try to help strengthen the bond between husbands and wives and um, in turn that husband and wife work together in unity uh, to help raise and nurture their children. And God knows that if if we ever needed husbands and wives to stand together uh, before, and we need them to do that now. Uh, our children are facing a lot of things. There's a lot of things happening, uh, a lot of things pulling our children. They have access to things just right in their hands uh, that we could only dream of. Matter of fact, I dare to say we probably couldn't even dream of uh, having these things back when we was coming up uh, some 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, we couldn't have dreamed of, of having a phone, having access to the world in our hands, just as a click of a button, as a punching a couple of keys or what have you, or saying a few words, we have access to the whole world. And when I was coming up, I, my especially high school, the, the big technology thing, if you want to say, was, uh, you know, our communication uh, back when I was coming up in, in high school in the in the late 90s was beepers, pagers. And that was the thing that, you know, someone would page you, and then you, you would have to go to the pay phone, especially if you was in school or whatever. You had to go to the pay phone to you, you know, in order to make that phone call or, go to the office or what have you, but God knows now we got three, four, and five-year-olds that, I mean, my, my baby, Ice Pick, he he knows how to use my wife's phone better than I do, so he, he knows how to get in on it and go to his little games or whatever. I can't even, I, 
I have no clue even on how to work that. So I stick with my little Android. But tonight we want to, once again, we, we want to talk about a very uh, familiar uh, family <coughs> unit uh, in the Bible. Uh, we're going we're gonna to discuss tonight uh, Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab, King Ahab and uh, Queen Jezebel. And we want to call your attention tonight to the book of 1 Kings, the 21st chapter. And we're going to cover as much as we can. Uh, we would like to get through to verse 29 if possible, but if not, y'all know I'll pick up on it next month if the Lord delays coming. But we want to go to 1 Kings, the 21st chapter, and we want to start at verse 1. Uh, thank God for the panel. Uh, I think we do have, I know we have Minister Tobert and my wife is on. I think also uh, Sister Tobert um, is on. Um, I'm not, not sure if Sister Oliver is on. I do know Sister Ogilvy is, I think she, this is her last week of uh, class, so I'm looking forward to her returning on next Tuesday. All right, so let's say a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump in here, and we know we know how these Tuesday nights go, especially the family night. Uh, we're going to get a lot of different angles. Uh, we may, you know, we're going to put out that woman a little bit, and we got to put out the man, because we know one thing about the Scripture. <clears throat> excuse me. The Bible brings balance. It brings balance, and Anytime something is, if it's out of balance, it's not going to operate. It's not going to flow right. Anytime you're out of balance and you're off keel, there's no way you're going to flow the right way. So God has strategically designed the family, and I know I know a lot of women don't don't like this. We know we got this feminine movement, and a lot of this feminine movement. Pardon my French. Is, is a lot of hidden lesbianism and uh, a lot of hidden stuff where you got women that don't want to submit and don't want to fall under the authority of a man. But it uh, is the way God designed it. We didn't ask for it. God designed it uh, this way. Ahead of every woman, according to the Scripture, is the man, and ahead of man is Christ, and ahead of Christ is the church, okay? I mean, it's God, and we know that's the way God designed it. And and a real woman especially, Lord, I got to pray and get in here. I'm about to go too far already. A real woman, a real Christian woman, a real Christian, and this, this is the key, a real Christian woman, okay, have no problem submitting to her husband, okay, has no problem submitting, especially, you know, a Christian husband okay so we get in trouble when we we try to mix and we're going to see here in the text tonight where you try to mix well you muslim and, and he's christian or you he buddhist and you you know you, you get in a lot of trouble um sometimes with that you can set yourself up let me put it that way because i'm quite sure there are some couples out there that have different religious beliefs and uh and they do just fine but we we want to definitely talk about the church, the Christians, okay? That's what our faith is. That's what our belief, that's what we model, uh, should be anyway modeling after. But let's say a quick word of prayer. Let's jump in here. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you on tonight. We appreciate you for this opportunity. 
that you have allowed us, you brought us together one more time, and we're here to lift up your name. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Let no flesh get any glory in this service, but all glory and honor goes to you. Bless the panel. And God, what I may not have, give it to someone on the panel that we can give a complete exegete of the scripture on tonight that you may be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's get ready to, let's fight a little bit. Let's rumble a little bit. Uh, I love to, on these two tonight family nights, I love to stir up the pot to, to get uh, from our sisters and loans as well as our brothers to kind of, you know, give those points out to see, uh, you know, you, you get different ideas and get different viewpoints from the panel. So First Kings, the 21st chapter, let's just read a little bit and then I'll stop and then we'll, we'll begin to uh, discuss. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. So we just in that scripture, we, we see our first uh, group of characters. We see uh, Naboth, uh, which Naboth was a Jezreelite, and he had a vineyard. <clears throat> His vineyard was in Jezreel, and it was right next to the palace of Ahab. Ahab was king, what they say is, of the northern uh, portion of, of Israel. Uh, he was king of the northern uh, portion. Uh, so, uh, you know, pretty close to to, his, to Ahab's palace, there, there was a little vineyard that uh, was owned by Naboth, okay? That's pretty much what verse 1 is given. And let's look at verse 2. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard or vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs. He wanted to plant some vegetables, you know, not quite sure he wasn't vegan, but he he wanted to at least plant some vegetables uh, because it is near to my house. In other words, he's saying it's convenient uh, for me to have. Then he says, I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. So we, we see here, uh, it seemed like it, for right now, it seemed like uh, Ahab is doing a, you know, a balance act. He's, he's asking Naboth for the land. Uh, he said, I can give you a, you know, seemed like he's making a pretty good deal. He's offering a pretty good deal um, to Naboth as, as we look at it right now. He's, he said, I give you, you know, I pay you for it, or I, I'll exchange uh, some better land. Okay, I'll exchange some better land. I give you something uh look better than, than what than what this is. Okay, so you know, we just see uh, uh in the early parts here, we see seem like A Ahab is a just man, seem like he's a fair man, um, you know, and sometimes men we, we can be that way. Uh, in the beginning, uh, some of some of you women out there, you you can probably text that, uh, you know, when I met him, he seemed to be cool, but later on down the line, things flip, uh, things begin to change, and and probably vice versa. I'm quite sure that some brothers out there can say the same thing about women, uh, so, or some women that they have encountered, 
man, she started off, she was she was as cool as a fan, but man, long, later on, man, she went to tripping. And we know uh, we all can attest to times in our lives where uh, we probably have found ourselves tripping. Okay, so let's look at verse 3. And Naboth said to Ahab, okay, so here, here we, we see uh, Ahab has put out, you know, what the deal is he would like to make, what he's offering. And here in verse 3 we have Naboth's response. He says, verse 3, and Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it me that I should give thee the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Okay, let's read that again. And Naboth responded or said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it me. Meaning God, you know, that, that's, not, that's not right. God forbid that I should give thee the, the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. In other words, y'all know uh, Israel, uh, the 12 tribes, uh, they, God uh, promised them land. That's whereby we say the promised land. And in giving land and portions to each uh, family, to each tribe, there was also rules and regulations. Okay, there was rules and regulations. And one of the rules were uh, you were not to sell your land and, and, and uh, or make like a permanent. Sometimes you could loan it out, and then once the person's able to pay it back or whatever, like leasing, you, that was possible to lease, but it was against the law. Uh, you can go read and, and look that up in Leviticus, several chapters, Leviticus and some other <coughs> scriptures that you can look at uh, to to support uh, what, what we're saying. But uh, by Naboth saying, the Lord forbid it, meaning, you know, not only am I not going to sell, but God forbid that that I do this. This is an inheritance that, that's supposed to stay in my, okay? This is something that my family, you know, when I leave off the scene, something that my sons are going to have. And you know, my children, it should continue to uh, stay in my family. It, it, you know, this is part of the promise. And so many times we have, you know, you, you ever had somebody in your family, you know, your mom or dad worked for something and, and gave it to them, and by the time they get it, they did not honor that thing or they did not cherish uh, that thing the way, you know, maybe someone else in the family or, or the way mom or dad uh, cherished it when when they got to them, they they may have just toyed around with it. You know, me and my son, my oldest son, we uh, well, let my my daughter, my oldest daughter, Amaria, um, we we bought her a car, and you know, a car that was running already pretty good, and uh, she didn't have to do much of anything to it. Uh, you know, maybe about a year later, she had to start putting a little extra money in it. Uh, but then when it comes to Zach, Zach just turned 18. Uh, we have bought him. You know, I made him do a little more work uh, for his car, and we're going in for the most part half. Uh, it seemingly has been uh, three-fourths of me and the other one-fourth him, so he's playing catch-up. But, uh, you know, the time and the energy and the work, the finances that I've, that I've put in the car, I'm, it's good that, you know, now he's seeing 
the investment that I made that I'm making with him because I want him to understand the value of hard work, you know. It's easy, okay, if I just buy it for you, you I don't think you're going to appreciate it as much as if you have to put your money in too, okay. So, you know, every little check he get, you know, I'm expecting him to, hey, I've already paid for this, that, and the other, but you got to, I ain't going to just pay for it. You got to reimburse me back your half. So these are the things I'm trying to teach uh, him as a young man. So we see Naboth, he cherished what his inheritance was. He, he honored what his dad what had came down to him to the point he told the king, hey, man, I cannot, God forbid that I sell uh, or that I give you this land. Anybody on the panel, I know we've only gotten to three verses. Anybody on the panel got anything you'd like to add at this time? Um, Pastor, I just wanted to say, uh, first off, it's starting off as a good message to begin with, um, and it's a whole lot to bring out, so I can't wait for us to get further along. But for where we are right now, I think the main thing that we got to realize is, um, you know, it, it shows that regardless of who's coming at you, what whatever's thrown your way, you still got to hold on to what the Lord says. So when wow. you look at what Naboth did, you know, that's that's the king. You know, that's someone of a of an authority figure in front of him. Yes. You know, that, you know, started out having a, a conversation and we trying to make a deal, but you know, how many folks could have went astray and just said, you know what, hey man, I'm uh, hey, that money sounds good, you know. So there's there's a lot of people that could go the wrong way, but he's standing on what the Lord said, like, no, man, uh, God forbid. God forbid of me. Like, I forget what you're talking about, man. I, I can't do that because of what God said. So like you said, like, you know, this was given to me. So to put it in context for, you know, us, this is like, a, you know, I get my 40 acres in a mule. I don't want to give it away. I want to hold on to it, you know. So, for example, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. And for uh, everyone listening, just stand on what, you know, hold true to what the Lord tells you to do. So if besides just in this scenario, if the Lord tell you to do something, do it. He tell you not to do something, don't do it. That, that's it before we go further. That's it. Great. Thank you, Mr. Tobin. I think I heard someone else. Was this was there someone else who wanted to respond? Uh, this is Keisha. I was going to respond, but I'm going to wait. Okay. All right. So, all right. Okay. So, Oliver. All right. All right. Well, let, let's go on a little farther. I, I feel y'all chopping at the bit. So let, let's try to get a little farther before we uh, get into halftime. So let's go to verse four. So we, we see we see where we're at. Okay. Uh, the king has been rejected. Okay. <laughs> we can take that a lot of places when we come down to men being rejected. All right. <laughs> Verse four. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. So now, <laughs> we got a pouting 
king. We got a man that's powder. He he emotional, and now his emotions are getting the best of him. He he's wearing it on his on his face. You can tell something is wrong with him. And I'm I'm quite sure some of my sisters that that's on here tonight can can probably can probably definitely give some testimonies of when their husband uh countenance for whatever the reason was may have failed when you knew you know i i know when something is, is going on with my wife and she knows i mean good lord we've been together over half of our lives so you know uh, she knows me and i know her i i know when when she's tripping and she knows when when i'm tripping that was one thing about me, and she she can probably she can come on and and, and say and second what I'm about to say about myself. You know, when I when I when there's something going on with me, when my countenance failed, maybe I didn't get my way. Uh, I get quiet. I'm not a I'm not a fusser. I don't like arguing. You know, I don't like being around folks that's arguing and all that. I you know I pull myself to the side. <coughs> Excuse me, and I get quiet, even if it's me and her that's having a moment, you know, I get quiet. Now, she she has came a long way. So my wife, in the beginning, like I say, we've been together since she was, I want to say probably 15, but I know by, by the time she turned 16, um, my wife has always, she could fuss with the best of them. And early in marriage, man, she could fuss and she could, as old folks say, she could raise some sand, even as, as a young lady. As a teenage young lady, she could raise, she could raise some sand. So, uh, and I would just get quiet. And and what that did, even back then, uh, 20, 19, 18, 19, uh, 20 years ago, that made her worse. That made her even madder because I got quiet. You know, I would get quiet and. And, you know, I, I would tell her, well, I'm saved for real. You know, I, I got to like the Bible say, you know, I'm really saved. And, you know, things like that, me getting quiet would make her, and I, I, she, I know she's going to probably say something about that later, you know, would make it even worse. So, I, you know, uh, Ahab, he wore it on his face, okay? No doubt he's the king. And what they said when I was studying this, they said the king already had so much land and in the event a person passed or family passed and there was no one for the land to go to uh, from what they, the theologians were saying was, you know, then the king would, would, would get that also. So what they were saying was the king already had so much land that was uh, pretty much his. So here he is, this little piece of land that belongs to uh, Naboth, he, he's rejected. He's the king, no doubt. Ain't many folks. I think Minister Tobe was kind of hidden on that. Not many folks tell the king no. Okay, but Naboth said, man, I can't. I can't. God forbid. I can't do that. So here he goes home pouting. He goes to his bedroom, lay in his bed, turn his face to the wall. He ain't doing like Hezekiah, turning his face to the wall and praying. But he, he turned away his face. And not only is he tripping and, and, and his countenance fell, now he won't eat. Okay, so you got a man that won't eat 
when you know he normally, you know, hey, dinner time, it's time to eat, you know something's going on. All right, so let's go into verse 5. Let's get, let's get a couple more verses, and I'm going to open it back up to the panel. Verse 5, but Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? Uh, she's probably rubbing his hair, saying, uh, Honey, boo-boo, what's going on? What, who, who messing with you? What, you know, why you won't eat? Why you won't eat? You know, what, what's going on? You know, uh, uh, so she, she's, you know, checking in on her man. Look at verse 6. And he said unto her, because I spake unto Naboth. I, I'm, I'm trying to talk like I can imagine him talking. I, I spake unto Naboth, uh, the Jezreelite. You, you know him, baby. He, he got the vine yard right down there, right next to the house. And I said unto him, give me the vine yard. For money, let me buy you. Let me buy that vine yard, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vine yard for it. And I can hear Jezebel say, "Uh huh, yeah, uh, okay." So, so what happened? And and he answered, "I will not give thee my vine yard." So here's, you know, he's explaining to his wife what took place. Okay, so let, let's stop that before we get into into uh, sister. Queen uh, Jezebel. Anybody on the panel got anything up to this point? Now, Brother Pastor, you know I have something to say. <laughs> Ahab, I, I texted my husband earlier when I was reading over this at work, and I, but I'm not going to say what I texted him because we haven't gotten to that part yet, so I'm a, I'm a hush. <laughs> but Ahab is already getting on my nerves. And I say that because in the first verse or so, he started off like a nice guy. He um he went to is it pronounced Naboth or Nabal? That's close and, enough. That's close enough. Okay, that'll work. So he went to him and you know he he started off as if he was a nice guy. Hey, you know, can I get your land? I'll swap some lands with you. I'll pay for it. But he really wasn't though. If you really think about it, because he already had so much, so he was actually being greedy. He was being greedy because. This land was closer to where you were, so you feel like you should have automatically had gotten it. Like, you're being greedy. And then for this grown man, can y'all just imagine a grown man don't want to eat dinner, flopping around on the bed, having a tantrum? Like, just just imagine how silly you look having a tantrum because somebody told you no. But then he's in the wrong because he told him no, the Lord said not my, my, my cousin said, my wife said, but the Lord said for me not to give this away. So he was already, mm-hmm. like Ahab, he was already in the wrong anyway. So, mm. and, and then here comes here come Jezebel doing what she do. I'm trying to find out why, why you keep picking all the stories in the Bible where the women are acting up. Why you, you, why you, I'm noticing a trend here, um, brother pastor, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into Jezebel just yet. I'm going to, I'm going to let it let's keep going, but yes, sir. That's all for now. All right. Anybody else? Um, I'm just going to add, everybody already said pretty much what I was going to say, but um, when I look at this with Ahab's greed, like he already, you the king, like you own 
everything. You can earn own what you want to own. And you want to take this man's land to for some vegetables? Like, for real, he was just being, he just showed he was a selfish king. And he was a weak king. He was so weak, he mm-hmm. having temper tantrums. He showed how spineless he was by just laying there having a pity party for himself. And his wife, <laughs> your, your tone with his wife, that wouldn't be my tone. I'd be like, dude, get yourself. I, I couldn't talk that nice. And, hey, I'm not rubbing your head. I'm going to be like, look, get yourself together. So I don't think she was rubbing his head because this, this tick off the chain. So I think it might have been a little bit different way she handled it because she showed her true colors in the next coming up uh, scriptures. But, no, he, he was showing how spineless he was with his little childish temper tantrums. Um, and he called, and he was told to be a king. So his greed and his, his spinelessness was just, it just don't make sense to me. But that's all I wanted to add. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Oliver. And Sister Tober. All right, anyone else before we go, before we get in here? Because I, I, I guess I guess the next time of this verse seven, maybe I need to let Sister Oliver read verse seven, so so you can read the way you you feel Jezebel is, is really talking. <laughs> Jezebel is off the chain. I mean, <laughs> okay, all right. So let let's go into it. Let's go into it because because now uh, we're getting into the meat. Okay, those first few, those first six verses. Is is pretty much just the appetizer, but you know the appetizer comes out first. It just, it just gets you to uh, it, the appetizer just kind of holds you off to the main course comes. So let let's get into uh, this main course, uh, verse seven. And Jezebel his wife said unto him, Okay, doest thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? She's questioning him. Then she, she, she said, Arise and eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. All right. Now, let, let's, Lord, let's, let's just work there. Let's work there just for a few moments. Anybody just from verse 7, anybody got anything, especially that end part, I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Anybody got anything for verse 7? Can I just say that right there shows that she was running the show? She was stronger. She was like the authority figure. She was the boss. He was just, you know, under her. She was the ruler. She already already knew a plan to to get her evilness going. Yes, great, great, great. That, see, that's the reason we, we have to be careful, both husbands, and wives, because if you're not careful, we can step out of bounds. We, we can, even in trying to, watch this, protect and help each other, we can step out of bounds and we can get out of line with God all for the simple fact, well, that's my man or that's my woman. Well, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do whatever for my man, or I'm gonna do whatever for my woman, especially when we're when we are claiming the name of Christ. When we're claiming the name of Christ, you know, we we got to we can't be ran by our emotions. 
We we got to check our emotions. A lot of people have made split decisions off a quick emotion, and it has cost them their lives. It cost them their lives. It cost, you know, maybe their family, loved one, a friend, their life. And based on this quick, if we can get if we get through it tonight, we're going to see these decisions cause folks their lives. It caused several people their lives, not just one and, and, and not just two, but that thing trickled down all because, as y'all have stated, which is so correct, the king, the man, was spineless. He didn't have no backbone, okay? And the woman usurped authority. She went into a place that she had no business. She made a decision that she had no right to make, and we're going to see. Matter of fact, let's get into it. Let, let's see what the, let's see what what she did. So the end of verse seven, I will give thee the vineyard of Nabal, the Jezreelite. She had no right at all to first of all, no less to say it. Second of all, no less to do it. Let's see what she did. So she wrote letters, verse 8, in Ahab's name. Okay. She wrote letters in Ahab's name. First of all, that's the first offense. And sealed them with his seal. That's the second offense. And sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Nabal. That, that's the, and then let's look at verse 9. And she wrote in the letter saying, proclaim a fast. Now here's a woman. Now look at how look at how sometimes we we church folk and we we I already know I'm have to do more on uh, we're gonna have some more studies even before we get through with this um, some more stuff with uh, Ahab and Jezebel and how it has even creeped in the church you know how that spirit has even creeped in uh, to the church okay so she wrote in the letter saying proclaim a fast so you already doing something. That you're being disobedient to God, but you want to put a fast on it. You want to you want to spiritualize it. Think about it. Now you want to put a fast on something, and you already plotting to do something evil, but you want to make it seem like you're doing it for a good purpose. A lot of us can look back in our lives and, and know somebody, or maybe it was even us that was participating in something, but then we want to put a fast on it, knowing that what we're doing, we're wrong. We're that wrong, but we want to spiritualize it. We want to church it. We want to church it up because we know it's a fleshly thing. It's something that, you know, we want to appease ourselves. It's all self-motivation. Okay, we, we're ignited by ourselves, what self wants. All right? So, she done, she done used Ahab's name. She done used his seal. She done sent letters to the elders, the leaders of, of the city, okay, dwelling with, in Jezreel where Naboth was. Verse 9, and she wrote in the letter saying, proclaim a fast, and set Naboth, <coughs> excuse me, set Naboth on high among the people, okay? In other words, set him at the head, set him at the head of the table. Okay, we want to we look at this plan this woman 
And I know Sister Tobin said that it seems like I'm always picking <laughs> the women, but I promise you I, that ain't my intent. But it just seemed to, it just seemed to come out. But this man got just he just as wrong. Okay, he he is just as wrong. Okay, so uh, uh, claim a fast, set Naboth on high, or put him at the head of the table so that the people can can be you know can can look at him and honor him or whatever. Then verse 10, this is still a part of her plot, and set two men, sons of Belial, uh, or scoundrels, one one interpretation is, uh, uh, you know, just bad, bad men, untrustworthy men. She say sons of Belial, so they knew exactly who to look for. Okay, set them before him, set them before Naboth, to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king. And then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And the men, verse 11, and the men of his city, even the elders and the nobles who were the inhabitants of his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them, and as it was written in the, in the letters which she had sent unto them. All right. Anybody up to this point? We're we moving right along. We might get to verse 29 tonight. Anybody up to this point? Um, you know, with this fasting, um, it's a lot of people that that I've seen. Um, they they say they're fasting, um, and it's in the name of religion. But just like Jezebel had these people fasting, it was for evil. It was all yes. for evil. It's traditions. It's just evil that she was planning. And not only did she do it, but she got the elders uh, to yes. also go along with her plan. So you include yes. other people, they following her, not the king. They following the, the right. king's wife, uh, her writing these letters. I don't know if she forged his signature or what, but she got these letters sent out, so they believe in everything. And then you want to falsely accuse, lie on this innocent man. And I, yes. when, I, when I was reading that, I said, that, that's the same thing they did to Jesus, these lies. Yes. Just false yes. accusations like, you're hurting so many people when you when you choose to lie and and be deceitful in the name of the Lord. So yes, that bothers me with this Jezebel girl. She she was so out of order, and I'm pretty sure in her mind she thought she was doing right because she's gonna get her husband this land. So yes, that's what I wanted to yes. add. Good point. Thank you, Sister Oliver. Good point. Anyone else? Um, Pastor, I'd like to uh, say, first off, this is a real good lesson, but way back in, like, um, verse 7, um, you see when it reads, And Jezebel, his wife, said unto him, um, Doest thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? So at that point, that's kind of like, you know, a test of your manhood. You know what I'm saying? Where, all right, like, ain't okay. you, seen, you know? Okay. You know what I mean? So, you know, and at that point, that's where where you can have a man even, well, anybody just, that's how you create conflict when you come for a man's masculinity or something like that. That's how you began to have conflict. But then she also was like, okay, well, I'm going to take it into my hands and go a lot further. And she made some things happen, but not only that, it's just to be able to plot and plan such an 
evil thing, you know, and can try to bring God in it and try and sprinkle it. You know, you got to be careful on, you know, not, you know, how how the enemy will work, you know, and the enemy will try and put some things and work in deceit versus coming direct, you know, and, and that's what's going on is that she's definitely doing the strong work of evil, you know. Uh, a lot of people get deceived by thinking that people are one way and knowing, you know, oh, man, what's the scripture? Uh, where, where you know, like, I, I can't remember the exact verbs, but I really like they, they uh, they're, I think, like sheep or inward dogs or something like that. I forgot the scripture. But basically, uh-huh. you're making it seem like mm-hmm. you're one way, but really, right. you, you, you're nothing. You're far from it, you know, so. She's being right. very manipulative and then getting yes. the people that should know better involved as well, which means that y'all don't even deserve to be elders. Y'all shouldn't be who y'all are supposed to be because at the end of the day, y'all are supposed to be the ones to um, have that knowledge and wisdom and a better connection with God to know better. Somebody got to speak up and, and speak out when people get to tripping, especially people of an authoritative um, position. So it's just a lot to learn wow. here you know, and, and make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And watch out for those folks that are, you know, um, actually evil and try to present themselves as if they, they are right and they, they with God and stuff like that. So that's all. Wow. Wow. Great point from, from both of you. Great point. Any, anyone else up to this point? Yeah, I, I would come in. Um, I was waiting till the end, but this is, this is good. Um, a lot of points have been brought out. And one thing about it, when I was reading this, you know, people have their opinion and they're like, well, any woman would, you know, look out for their man. And I'm like, okay, the, and everybody that's, that's, that's saying this, you know, y'all, you're giving your opinion. But, of course, you know, um, when it comes down to husband and wife, you don't want to see your spouse hurting. But at the same time, you're not going to hurt others and lie and and manipulate people. Jezebel, she was stroking and she was feeding into his pride. Feeding wow. into his pride. You you thought you was gonna do what? No, he thought one thing, but it it didn't go that way. But when you're standing, I think um you said it, baby, or either Mister Tolbert, when you're standing on the what God told you to do, don't let anybody persuade you because. They can destroy your body, but you have to fear that God that can destroy your body and and soul. So at this point, you know, she was feeding into him. And like Mr. Tober said, you know, no man, just for speaking on my husband, you know, you, you ain't going to try to downplay my manhood. You know, that that's not going to work. But, uh, <laughs> but right. at the same time, you know, yes, you look out for your spouse, but you don't do try to get people on your side and y'all supposed to be, you know, he chose y'all for a reason. What are y'all doing? So they fell under that and that Jezebel spirit is not only just husband and wife, but Jezebel spirit will get another woman to do something different contrary to what her husband told her to do. That's a Jezebel spirit. And my husband, and I've been wanting him to preach this message for so, he probably has forgotten about it. It's been so many years ago, and he, he, the topic of his message was the spirit of Jezebel still lives. It's not only husband and wife, but you have Jezebel yeah. spirit all around you that will lie and manipulate and make you see something that's not there. Now they have tricked you 
And now you're looking. Okay, I'm done. Watch Wait. it, mother. Watch it. Watch it. You about to you about to open up a can. You about to open up a can. Ah, that's good. That is that is good. Um, that manipulate. I mean, especially in the church, especially in the church. We we we're not even talking about the world. God God handles the world. We're, we're dealing with with church, and so many men have been tricked by that, and and have been. They lost their families. They lost their jobs. They lost the connection with their children, and, and lost all other things because there was a Jezebel. There was someone that had the characteristics of what we see tonight. Okay, uh, maybe your wife didn't do what you thought she should, but somebody else, you know, somebody else would. We we often see it on on the TV shows, but it's real life where where we've heard the saying where well, what you won't do somebody else will, okay. And a lot of uh, I can only speak as a man speaking from a man's standpoint. I know several that have been tricked and have lost everything. Great ministry have lost everything because of the power and and falling to. That spirit, the the that manipulating, that controlling, uh, or your own lustful appetite. Watch that. You you succumbing to your own lustful appetite because you haven't mortified or brought that thing under subjection. Now you now this other woman, uh, because you don't think your woman, the right woman, can please you or won't do what you think she should. We'll search after other. We'll search after something else, and it, it and 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 it's a falsehood and it's a camouflage to make you think it's better on the other side. And we already know anything that's camouflage, it just look. It can't actually do what the real thing can do. Okay, so th- this is real good. Y'all are doing. Y'all are working tonight because. Just for the simple fact, the other leaders in the church, in the community, the other leaders fail to watch this. This is what I was thinking. It crossed my mind while my wife was speaking. Naboth, which which they say was a poor man, didn't have much, uh, especially compared to the king, but he had enough conviction in God, okay? He had enough respect and honor for the word of God not to sell out even to the king, but all these leaders that knew in the letter it said, find sons of Belial to bring false accusation. They knew, even if it came from the king, okay, we know it came from Jezebel, but they probably, okay, well, it's got the king's name and the king's signet, so it's from the king, but reading it, there, you mean there wasn't no leaders that could say or challenge the king? There was no leaders in that community that could say, wait a minute, now this ain't right. Because now, even in the letter you're specified, children of Belial, find two men, children of Belial. And y'all, the, these leaders, these elders, read it and still... Follow through with it. 
And God knows, I, I can only talk about what I know. I've been in church all my life. And one thing I know is that if this pastor got something on that pastor, that pastor got something on that pastor across the street, that pastor over yonder got something on that pastor, all these niggas got something on each other, excuse me, all these pastors and the elders and bishops got something on each other. So when it comes down to being able to sit somebody down or reprimand or, or discipline an elder or another pastor, they won't do it. Because they know if they, if they discipline that pastor, well, that pastor know all the juice on this pastor. How you going to sit on the board and sit, sit and, and bring a judgment against me when I already know I got stuff on you? Matter of fact, <clears throat> excuse me. Matter of fact, we did it together. I was just a little more sloppier. I'm just, I'm just using that example right now. But this is stuff I know that has happened. And that's part of the reason why I refuse to do some of the things that, that I was accustomed to growing up. Because those that I thought that would bring discipline and, and stand on the word of God, when it came time for, you know, someone of their equal, uh, you know, to be disciplined in a form in the church, there was no discipline. Because they all knew and they all had stuff on each other. So that's why even now I try to live my life where, you know, with the other ministers, the elders, even in our local church, well, ain't nobody got nothing. You can't put nothing on me. Because when it comes time to have to discipline, I don't want you, I don't, I don't want to give no one the opportunity or, or something to be able to, well, Omar, you can't, you can't say me. You can't do nothing to me. Not when I already know you done did this, that, and the other. Or we done did something together. And that's the problem in, in the church. And we see that right here in this text. All these other elders that that's supposed to, and it, it may not necessarily be elders like we think, you know, you know, uh, elders, you know, but it was probably more, not that it wasn't like we think in church elders, but also elders meaning older, uh, more or less the older men, okay, in, in the community or, or, you know, a part of the, uh, part of Israel that, that had, you know, had, you know, some age and, it had some wisdom and knowledge. But you couldn't even get none of them to say, King, you're wrong. And what has happened in the church, and we'll move along, what has happened in the church, we got too many pastors. Watch this. And I hope there's some pastors listening. Okay? We got too many pastors trying to be the king and not enough trying to be the prophet. Lord, I, I ain't going to get no offering tonight. <laughs> Thank God I ain't raising no offering for me anyway. We got too many pastors trying to be like the kings and not enough pastors trying to be like the prophet. Okay? Now we're going to see later on, we get into it, we're going to see what the prophet did, what the real prophet, what Elijah, we're going to see. That's why I said, and I preached a message a few months ago about, stop talking about you, David. David was the king. Don't be a David. You pastors, us pastors, us elders and ministers, don't be David. Be Nathan. Okay? You're not the king. You're not a king. You're the pastor. You're the prophet. Okay? You should walk in as, as, as in your church. You're pastoring a church. You're a leader in your church. You're an elder, a minister. You should walk in the place of Elijah or Nathan 
or Jeremiah. You shouldn't be trying to compare yourself, you David. David was the king. And Jesus sat in three offices. He sat as the king, he sat as the high priest, and he sat as the prophet. Okay? We should be sitting as the prophet, not as king, not wanting to be worshipped and not wanting to order. And the scripture say, even with pastors and elders and bishops, that we shouldn't lord over God's people. But we should do it willingly. Okay? We should do it willingly. Not the Lord, not dictatorship. Well, I'm your pastor. Tell me when you're going on vacation. Ask my permission. Pastor, can I go on vacation? Is it all right with me? If I take my wife and children on vacation. What? You you ain't you ain't my king. You ain't the Lord. I don't need your permission. I may tell you so you can, you know, pray for my family that we have traveling mercies or what have you, but but not for your permission. Pastor, I want to take my wife. Uh, out is it okay? What you mean? What do you who? What make you think you need your permission from your pastor to do things that you are? I mean, for you and your family, it's all right to to like I said to get prayer or whatever. But minister minister told me his wife is on here now. They just left Miami, if I'm not mistaken, a few weeks about a month or so ago. I didn't even know they were going to Miami. My wife, my wife told me, and she said, "What the minister told me?" I said, "No, nah, I don't know." I said, "But you know, pray that they have." And I think me and him text each other. I said, "All right, man, y'all be safe." But it wasn't, it wasn't no passes lie if we go to Miami. Am I paying for the trip? No. That's a man and his wife and his children. He's the overseer of his house. Hey, if he want to go to Vegas, if he want to go to Cancun, you know, y'all be careful you with other parts of Mexico y'all going to, anybody going to Mexico. Well, that, you know, we get too much started to these pastors. And I am a pastor. Been one for almost 15 years. And before that, I served as a, as a youth pastor. Pretty much was an assistant pastor at my daddy's church. But I, I mean, but we grew up, oh, oh, you didn't do nothing without getting permission from that pastor. Whether well, convocation is coming or, or jurisdictional meetings come all I mean we had meetings seem like every other month. So we, we don't we don't do all that. Not at our church. No, you hey take your family. Don't do what you need to do. Hey, and what we do <coughs> what I normally do, uh especially for Elder Alder and, and Deacon Stanton, normally when I go out, I'll I hit them up that I made it. Okay, and then I say, well, hey, all right, my phone will be off or whatever, and I hit y'all up when I when I get back. That be it. But I don't ask nobody permission. No, that's you and your family. Go in, enjoy, enjoy, whatever. All right, let's try to get through much of this. I know I ain't gonna get through with this tonight. We'll pick it up next month. Look at verse thirteen. And there came in. Well, let's go back to twelve. They proclaimed the fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with the stone that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. See that 
stop right there because reading this just now, now I've been I've been read over this several times, but reading this again just now puts me back to these leaders. If and then I'm open up to the panel, and then we'll do the offering, and we'll be through, and we'll finish this next next month. If everything came with the king's name, the king's signet, in other words, his signature, his signet, whatever his stamp or whatever to, to confirm this is from the king, if everything came like that, why is it in verse 14, well, whatever the verse, uh, was it 13? They sent this stuff back to Jezebel. Yeah, verse 14. Then they sent to Jezebel, said, name off this stone and it's dead. Which makes me believe now even more that they knew that it's, let me, let me say possible. It's possible that they knew this stuff came from Jezebel, but yet they still performed it. Because they didn't send it back to the king, and I didn't read nowhere where it showed where the stuff went back to, uh, you know, where it went back to where it's supposed to go back to the wife. That that seems to be all out of order. So they do what she says do. Scripturally, it was it was kind of leading to okay, well. She's sitting it all in the king's stuff for them to do it. Once they did it, they sent the response back to her. Lord, oh, this is this is wow. Wow. And these are the leaders. These are the leaders in the community, in the church. Okay? And that's why Paul even writes uh, in the New Testament, and I know a lot of women don't like this, but he permits not a woman to usurp authority over a man. Okay, I thank God for my wife that out of the 15 years of, almost 15 years of pastoring, we've had, she's never, she's never, and there's been some things that we didn't agree on. Of course, every husband and wife. But I'm talking about church stuff. But she has never embarrassed me in front of people, okay? She's never embarrassed me. And that's been some things that we we highly disagreed on. But y'all would never know it. Okay, the members would never know it. And we've had some, you know, some discussions away from the members, of course, in the car on the way home or in the house or whatever. But my wife has never embarrass me or try to especially in the church because we, we, we I'm talking about the church now because we know there's a lot of pastor wives that hey they and I think so the author said earlier Jezebel was running stuff there's a lot of pastor wives he, he 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 got the title of pastor but that woman run the church what that woman say is what is what goes but but I can I I can I can Stand on two feet and say the 15 years, and even before then, the years that I served as youth pastor, the years that I served as uh, the youth president in the organization that I grew up in, which is the United Churches of God in Christ, 
which was an extension from the Church of God in Christ, Eucogent was established in 1980, so a couple of years before I was, uh, you know, after I was born. But they, they it was a branch out of the Memphis, out of Bishop Mason, you know, out of the Church of God in Christ. Um, so in, in that organization, I served, I came up in the ranks, musician and all this stuff, and uh, because of the work I was doing in my father's church in our community, our presiding bishop at that time, uh, you know, asked me would I serve as the national youth president. And him and his wife took me and my wife to, to dinner, and we discussed some things, and I accepted, you know, that, that you know, uh, that position. And I served that position for a few years or so, I, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, but not one time, and I'm open the floor up, you know, not one time has my wife ever embarrassed me or made me look crazy. And I'm quite sure she can tell you some crazy things that I may have done in church that, like, baby, that don't that don't make sense. And then it come back a while later, I say, well, baby, you was right. You was right. And even now, because we've been through some things, especially over the past few years, that I had to go back to her and say, you was right. You was right about that. But at the moment, I felt we had to do it a certain way. But baby, you was right. But I, I'm grateful that even as a young lady, and that's and that's a testament to her, her upbringing, uh, but as a young lady and having most of the women in church older than her, old enough to be her grandmother and mother, and her still being, being able to carry herself in a way that brought honor, and I never had to worry about where my wife, what she was doing at the church, because I knew if she was there, whatever was going on, if she was there, if it wasn't what I stood for, if it wasn't what I preached, I can I can rest assured that my wife was going to, you know, she may not have made a fuss, whatever, in, in the church, but if it was something that was said or done, you can rest sure by the time I got home, it will be reported. Okay, so I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, God blessed me with, with a wife. Because being a, a preacher's wife, it's hard. Now, being a pastor's wife is harder. It's difficult. It's, it's, it's you know, all right. So, all right, y'all. I, I, I've done enough tonight. I'm, we're going to stop. Let's stop right there. Uh, verse 14, then they sent to Jezebel saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. Stop there for tonight. I'm going to open up the panel for any uh, last words. Next month when we come back, Lord, to say the same, we'll pick up verse 14. We'll do a brief little highlight, and then we'll get into 15 and try to finish it. And then after that, if we're able to finish, Lord, say the same, there's some other things with Jezebel and Ahab that we'll we'll stand here for a while because I wanna I want to help challenge and help encourage the families, uh the men be strong in the Lord. And to the women also be strong in the Lord. And to each man and woman, stay in your lane. Stay stay in your place. Stay in your lane. If you want your marriage to be successful, 
and you want God to be pleased and bless your marriage, stay in your lane. Okay, stay in your lane. Know when to, as the old country song says, know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. Okay? All right. All right. Tell y'all have done such a great job. Is there any last any last comment uh, from the panel on tonight before I do the offering and dismissal? Okay. Um, I'll pick up. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mr. Um, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, like as far as the whole uh, Bible study so far tonight, you know, it's definitely a lot there for us to understand on, you know, what to do and more importantly what not to do uh, when it comes down, especially, you know, as a as a man, you know, we got to look at this scenario and actually be the man and even if you have, uh, you know, uh, if your spouse, you know, get the tripping and we talking about going against God because that's what that was. That's a scenario where you're going against God. And when, when uh, Ahab went against uh, uh, neighbor and he already told him, you know, that this land, you know, this vineyard was, uh, God forbid, said, you know, we can't sell it. So at the end of the day, you went against God when you did this action, and you got to be strong enough to know better and to do better. And then as far as Jezebel, you know, you got to watch out for people like that. And the scripture that I was trying to get to earlier, um, I had ended up finding it, is actually Jesus that said it. Now, I know, you know, she ain't a, she ain't a prophet, but it says uh, Matthew 7 and 16, beware of false prophets which cover you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, they are ravening wolves. So you yes, got to be careful of how people present themselves, but they got ulterior uh, motives. So they're going to be coming to you a certain way, but then they end up, you know, having, uh, you know, malicious intent. And that's what she did. She had malicious intent. And she even went to the degree of setting the whole plot up to get this man killed. And it wasn't even that serious if we're talking about it, because like my wife pointed out earlier, the king just being greedy, and now um, Jezebel just being greedy, and you trying to prove a point that you're trying to assert yourself even more than your husband, you know, because she went even further than what he went, you know. So that's why, right. like we talked about earlier, Pastor, you're talking about, you know, how women got to, you know, of course, be careful, and we in this society where, you know, a woman wants to, overthrow the man or, or the, the what's the, you know, try to be uh, very independent and stuff like that. But we understand that it could be a conflict sometimes, not to say that woman can't do certain things, but we understand that there's balance in Christianity and how it's supposed to be. But she wanted to overthrow him and show him up, you know, in that sense. Like, okay, we're going to yeah. get it done. Yeah. And did it the wrong way. So, yeah, that's all I want to say. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Mr. Tobert. That was great, man. That was great. Any any of my sisters, my wife, any of y'all, any any last comments? Hey, man, so I just wanted to say – oh, I'm sorry, First Lady, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, It was actually hilarious to me. 
But I said the way Jezebel was able to get all those men to do what she what she requested, and no one asked, no one. I mean, wait a minute, where's your husband? Well, what if the king? You know, even though if she said whatever, something should have been like something's not right. But none of them, none of them questioned. Wait a minute, what's going on? And I thought about even with with our ministry. I said, even though this is never going to happen, ever, but I was just, you know, just saying, if I was to go to the the ministers or the elders in the church and say, well, this is what we're going to do, they'd be like, okay, for me knowing them, you know, like the elders and minister and deacon, wait a minute, so let me talk to pastor, you know, but it was nothing, you know, it was, it was nothing, and that just, that's something that I thought about. And then also, and this is my last comment, when it comes down to us believers, and my husband said it in the beginning, Christian women, you know, we're going to do what we can't. We're going to do what we have to do um, when it comes down to the word of God leading, I mean, listening to our, our, our head, which is our, our spouses. And then, too, the spouses, y'all have, you have to make sure that you're doing, that you're falling in line with God. But, you know, it's, it's just, you know, be careful you can think you're covering your husband, but you have to know your place. When I used to say that years ago, it was like, well, you know, this whole women empowerment situation, which has went on a totally different level. It's no longer women yeah. conferences getting together to uplift women, back your husband, love your husband, submit to your husband. Yes, no, right. no, that those things are not going on now with that, but it's, it's a lot. But women, just be encouraged. And the Jezebel spirit, and I'm done, is not only in the women. Men can have a Jezebel spirit. Jezebel spirit. So, all right. But I'm done. (laughs) That's good. Thank you. Thank you, Lady Zachary. So, Tobit, what you got? Um, a lot, but I'm not going to go there because I was hoping that we would have got further, but it was great. So everybody was you know, enjoying and listening and having comments. But I wanted to say um, we need to be careful about lying, um, being scandalous and conniving because that's what wow. Jezebel was. And uh, I want to wow. say it was your your Bible study, Pastor, if I'm not mistaken, when we talked about Ananias and his wife. Right, um, right when they were murdered because they had lied about the land and the money, if I'm not mistaken. So That's right. there are so many instances in the Bible and, in, and, you know, in real life where you can be punished for, you know, being dishonest. And it's yes. puzzling to me because, um, you know, for those of you that don't know, not speaking to the panel, but for people that are listening, blasphemy is, the act or offense of speaking about God or sacred things, the act or offense. Yes. So it's profane talk, right? So right. Jezebel said that Naboth was the one that was lying against God and against the king, right? But yes. from the beginning, he said, no, this was my inheritance. The Lord told me not to give away this. Um, this right. vineyard. He said it from the right. very beginning. He didn't lie against God, but she right. went back and she lied and she deceived the people and she was being sneaky. 
So it's funny how the thing that she actually did, she tried to say that he was the one that was, you know, being blasphemous, if that's a word. So it's Uh it's just funny how you have to keep telling these lies and making it what it isn't to try to cover your behind. And that's exactly what she did. And, you know, we have this saying where, Oh, it's just a little white lie. Ain't no, ain't no little white lie. There's no color to a lie. A lie is a lie, and she lied. <laughs> I like that. And we can't. We. I'm not gonna go further, um, because we haven't gotten there yet. As Pastor said, you know, we'll pick back up with it, but we'll we'll see what happens um, <laughs> later on with this lie that she told and this mess that she done created. But it, like uh, everybody has said, it also puzzles me too that. Nobody thought, okay, well, what is the king saying? You know, well, we mm-hmm. – and then it was – I just wonder, like, what that that part is that we don't know. Because she wrote it, wrote these letters and sent it out and sent, stamped it and made it seem as if the king was the one that sent it and put his approval on it. But what happened in between, which I guess we'll never know, it's our imagination on this part, because why did they go back and report to her versus reporting to the king? Like right. I just I, I just wish that we would have known that little piece. But right. yeah, that's that's all. Stop lying. That's that's it. <laughs> Great point. Great. Uh sister sister Oliver, anything else? Uh no, I don't have anything else to add tonight. I'll wait till the next time. Uh, <laughs> okay. That that it, it that means we, we served a good meal tonight. Uh, you know, when you, when you got a good meal, you sometimes you, you don't want to finish it. You'll, you'll, uh, especially when you get full and you know you want to get some more. Like, nah, I just I'm gonna take get a doggy bag, take get a to go box, and I'll finish up on it uh, tomorrow, uh, the next, you know, the next day. So that means we served a good meal. Listen, one last point, then we'll do the offer, give the offering information. Men, this is to my brothers. You do not. I repeat, you do not have to tell your wife everything, okay? You do not. And sometimes there are things that you need to keep so you can protect your wife. I ain't talking about lying. I ain't talking about, it's, it's, you know, certain things going on, maybe it's on your job or in your, your extended family or something that you knows is going to affect your wife in a certain way, especially if it's going to be in a negative way. Now, I'm not not lying. I ain't talking about you. You done went out and you done did some crap. That ain't what I'm talking about. Okay? But certain things that, that even happened on the job or, you know, maybe certain disputes or you had a conflict with a certain person, okay? And it, not saying something sinful, but a, a conflict, a disagreement with Certain stuff, the Lord, you are the man. You're the protector of your family. You're the protector. So there are certain things that are happening to you and you just carry or take that thing to the Lord. Okay, because now you don't, you, you, <coughs> excuse me, you share that thing. Now your wife is worried. Now your wife is bothered by it. So there have been certain, even in the church, things that have been, uh, conversations or whatever that I've had to ask the pastor had to uh, have or with certain men, certain brothers or whatever in the church, something I won't won't share that with my wife. 
and because I want to protect her. And there's certain things as the man, there's certain things God gave me, hey, you deal with it. You deal with it. Certain things going on in my home, there's certain things that my wife may know about it, or this she has said to me, and then I, I got to handle it. It's whatever. Or certain decisions I have to make, the Lord say, hey, you know, go ahead and do this, that, and the other. And my wife would never, would never know about it. Certain rearrangements, even financially, that I have to do in the home, okay, I'm going to take care of it. She don't even know about that because now, now she's worried about, well, how are we going to do this, that, and the other? No, you don't you worry about that. I got it all, I got it all under control, okay? So, and when you're emotional, okay, keep your emotions in check, okay? Men are emotional, okay? But, you know, try to have a little balance with that. Thank you all so much for tuning in tonight. We was getting some comments, getting some, some of the members texting us, uh, enjoying this word on tonight. Thank you all so much. And, I'm so glad the panel got so much more. Uh, so I, I think I think we we'll definitely Lord, we'll be back on next month in continuation of our family um, our family night. I want to thank Minister Tobert. Uh, so so I'm, I'm just glad. Thank you so much. Last Tuesday he had to do the Bible study, and this Sunday he had to preach. He had to handle the service for us. So from the pastors, from my heart, man, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, for standing in the gap, uh, you know, for us. Uh, Macho had a tournament in South Carolina, and me and my wife left out early Saturday morning and made the five-hour drive there. He had a game. His first game was at 12. Uh, then he played second game at 2. We went back. We had a little dinner. Um, we got back up the next morning, Sunday morning, and had to leave out, check out the hotel to be back at the baseball field. I think he played around 10 or 11 Sunday morning, and then immediately after that game, uh, they end up finishing uh, the top three, uh, third seed. They won their, their game on Sunday, um, and we had to, immediately after the game, we got right back on the road and drove the five hours back, uh, drove the five hours back home. So we just uh, took the, the day off yesterday. Thank God I got so much time. Uh, to take off, so we just honor. We just thank God, thank God for for a good team. Thank y'all so much. Y'all y'all make this uh, real easy. Y'all make y'all make it real easy. And so I appreciate all y'all panel. Thank y'all so much uh, for being a part. And uh, we know we send these things out sometimes the day before, and y'all just go diving in and investigating. And I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much for. Uh, Helping me out, helping me and my wife out. God bless you. All right, tonight, if you would like to give, we have two two things that we generally ask for. Uh, we generally give the information for, should I say, on Tuesday night. Um, extended Arms, which is our outreach to our community. If you would like to be a blessing to Extended Arms, you can do so <coughs> via Cash App, dollar sign, EA Ministry. Once again, dollar sign, the letter E, the letter A, and the word ministry, and whatever the Lord lays on your heart, you can do so on tonight. Uh, also, if you would like to be a blessing to our local church, Praise Tabernacle Church, you can do so at dollar sign PTC 877. Once again, dollar sign PTC. That stands for Praise Tabernacle Church, and the numbers 877. And we thank you for whatever your your offering is on tonight. If it's a dollar, 
it's five dollars, if it's ten dollars, if it's a hundred dollars. We're just grateful for you uh supporting us. Uh small church. Small church, but a huge ministry. And we're grateful to God that He's yet on our side. Meet us back Sunday morning, the Lord delay is coming. We're gonna be preaching from the subject cross eyes. Cross eyes on this Sunday. I want y'all to come on out. Come on now. Those of you here in the local area, wake up. Wake up. Get up early. Put on your Sunday's best. And don't wait till Easter Sunday. I think Easter is second Sunday. I think it is. Uh, But come on out this Sunday. I want to see your face. I want to see you there this Sunday. We're not in church long. In there for about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, Come on. We have a great praise and worship team. The Lord has blessed us with some great singers. He's blessed us with some great musicians. Come on out. We're going to be preaching in our continuation for the year about the gospel, this gospel, that gospel. We want to preach this gospel. Amen. This Sunday we're going to be preaching from the subject, cross-eyed. I don't know if you've got cross-eyed, or maybe you know somebody in your family that's got cross-eyed. But if you come out Sunday morning or tune in, those that can't come out, Amen. Now y'all gonna be looking, looking for folk for the rest of the week. I'm like, oh yeah, you got cross eyes. Pastor gonna be preaching about you Sunday. All right, cross eyes. So come on, uh, this Sunday we're gonna be preaching as we stated from the subject, cross eyes. Amen. Come on out Sunday. If you can't make it, tune in to hear the conclusion of the matter, preaching from the subject, cross eyes. God bless you, and we love you. And as we leave this place for never God's presence, Matthew 28 verses 19 through 20. Says us to go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. God bless you and have a great week.